You're listening to episode 306 of the She's Building Her Empire podcast. Are you looking to blaze the trail and build or expand your business empire? Welcome to She's Building Her Empire, a place of motivation, inspiration, and innovative business strategies to help increase your income and more importantly, your impact. Follow your purpose while building your empire with your host and business coach, Stacey Tushel. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of She's Building Her Empire. Today, I have my friend Colin Boyd on the show. And if you've been a fan of the show for a while, you have probably heard his wife, Sarah Boyd, who was on, um, I want to say this past like May or June, and I'm going to link to her episode in the show notes because everybody loves Sarah. So Colin, you're going to have to step it up because your wife has kind of set the bar pretty high. So I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm definitely intimidated right now. So (laughs) (laughs) we will see how we go because she's definitely the better half. Yes. No, I love, I'm so excited. I get to really hang out and meet both of you. And I've just loved, love, love having, being in the same mastermind together now for the last two years and getting to meet Sarah. Sarah is amazing. And like I said, my audience already is in love with her. Um, But you guys, you are, you are in for a treat because Colin is, he's okay. He's, he's pretty good too. So you'll you'll (laughs) enjoy him today. All right, so today we're talking about really selling, and Colin's, he's the expert in selling from stage, and I want my audience to know, because somebody might think, well, I'm not interested in speaking from stage, and I really want you guys to know that we're always on stage, whether or not, you might be in the grocery store, and you have no idea the person next to you when you're talking, this might be your chance to be selling from stage. So, Colin, I'm just so excited to dive in. Do you want to share a little bit of your background and how this kind of became your thing? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I've been a professional speaker on like the professional speaking circuit for about 10 years, but it all kind of started in, I was working in a corporate job uh, about 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and I was working in a corporate job and I saw like a corporate trainer come into one of the conferences that I was attending at a company I was working for in Singapore. And she came in and she ran this like brainstorming session. And I remember sitting there and looking at her and just thinking, that is exactly what I want to do with my life. And then I heard how much she got paid. And it was basically (laughs) for the two hours she came in was about how much I earned in my entire month. Mm -hmm. And that like just blew my mind. The fact that someone could get paid so much money for doing such a short, essentially just large conversation with someone, with, with a group of people. And then that got me really fascinated about how do I get on on stage, on physical stages like that. And then it's blended into running webinars and even Facebook lives and all that sort of stuff and videos, et cetera, because they're all stages as well. But that kind of started my fascination of realizing that if I could master this skill of learning how to speak to a group, then, um, then I could grow my, the impact that I'm having. I could grow the influence I have with my audience and really essentially that'll grow my income. Yeah. Well, and I want to ask you because a lot of people just have this fear of talking in front of people or, or maybe one-on-one, they're even nervous to sell. Did you have that fear? Was this something that, that came naturally to you? I want to, I want to hear more about that. Absolutely. I remember sitting in my Catholic 
uh, boys high school. I was in an all boys Catholic high school. I had a little cub hat on and like high socks and I'm sitting there and it was coming to my turn to actually read. We're in scripture and it was to read from a passage from the Bible. And I remember coming to me and they asked me to read and I started stuttering Mm -hmm. and uh, like tripped over my words. And I was about 13 at the time. And I remember coming out of that experience, literally feeling like I am an idiot. Like I cannot read in front of people. I obviously can't speak in front of people. And what's fascinating is that experience stayed with me for probably, I would say 10 years up until about the age of 23 when I realized that I'd had this heightened emotional kind of negative experience with speaking in public. Mm. And up until that point, every single time I got up to do like a very short presentation or short speech, even in high school and then in university, uh, like my whole body would have a, like a visceral reaction to speaking to the point of my arms would shake. I remember one time I was speaking and I had to, I had my microphone in my right hand and I had to grab my arm with my other hand to, to hold my right hand still because my arm was shaking so much in front of the audience. And so I haven't always been confident in speaking in public. And what I discovered is that it's like 90% in your head mm-hmm. and then about 10% in your body or in your, your, like your practice. And okay. so Working, working out your mindset coming into it and getting in the right headspace and even removing some of the emotional blocks that happen in the past that are probably staying with you on an unconscious level is part of the process that, that I kind of take people through. But yeah, I've, I've definitely haven't always been confident in that. Okay. Well, and I, I just want people to know that because they might be thinking, well, he was born to do this, right? So this is why it's easy for him. And, you know, I still get nervous if, if we're in a small group of people and we have to go around and say our name and what we do. And maybe there's, you know, 10, 15 people in the room. I can feel my heart racing when it's like getting closer and closer to me. And I'm like, don't sound stupid. Don't do this. So it's still, you know, putting yourself out there, the tensions on you, you're going to have that nervous feeling. But I think there's just so much good stuff that can come out of it that I really want to encourage people to kind of face that fear and listen to Colin's tips today because this is going to be so super helpful. All right. So Colin, if you're ready to kind of dive in, I would love to know, let's talk about a little about that mindset. So you're saying most of it's mindset. What have you done to gain that confidence to start to tell yourself like this is going to be okay? Yeah. Well, uh, essentially, uh, what I did is I, I, I got really clear on what I was telling myself. So coming into every presentation, I am, especially if it's like a formal presentation, that, might, that could be a webinar, that could be a live presentation, that could even be a video or a, even a Facebook Live. Coming into it, I am, I am acutely aware of the conversation I'm having with myself. Okay. And so I catch myself on a regular basis uh, if, if I go down kind of the rabbit hole of, of Negatron. And so what I mean by that is asking yourself like really dumb questions. So a dumb question is something like, you know, what if, what if this goes really bad? Or what if everyone is judging me? Or what if I just really look uncredible? Or what if... Now, your brain will naturally go towards that because your brain is designed to keep you alive. Your brain is designed to make you survive. And the problem is, is that it thinks you are literally going to die if someone judges you or you say the wrong word or something like that. So you put this huge amount of pressure on yourself. It's like you have this visceral reaction in your body when you have the thought or ask the question of, am I going to look like an idiot? 
And so if you're asking yourself those questions, if you come into a presentation and you ask yourself something like, you know, am I going to look like an idiot in front of these people? Do you think you're going to feel really good about the presentation or kind of scared about right. it? What do you think, right? You're going to be freaking out, right? And right. If you ask, ask yourself a question like this, um, how could I contribute and impact these people in a positive way? And so all of a sudden the focus of the question gets off you and gets onto them and even more than that, the purpose. And I have this whole pathway that I teach people where it really moves people's focus from off themselves, which is the lowest level of focus you can have coming into any presentation, all the way through to having a, a focus on a sense of purpose. Like you think about some of the greatest speeches of all time, like Martin Luther King, you know, like I have a dream speech. Like when he says, I have a dream, he, he's not speaking to himself even though he's saying, I have a dream, he's not even speaking to the audience. He's speaking to this, this greater sense of purpose that he has in his life that is greater than himself. In fact, you know, he ended up dying for his cause. And so it's like greater, it's greater than him. And so out of that purpose, out of that sense of whatever purpose you have in your business, whatever purpose you have in your life, if you can tap into the purpose, like she's building an empire, like why are you building an empire? You know, I think about like even for you, Stacey, coming into your presentations, you think about the mom at home who's building her empire. She's building it for a kid. She's building it for a family. She's building it so she can live the life on her own terms. She, so, so she can spend time with the kids. So she can spend time with a husband, with a family. It's like you tap into that and all of a sudden your presentation has literally nothing to do with you. It has, it has all about how do I tap into this purpose of building the empire of the people in, uh, in, in my audience and then tapping into that purpose. And so when you change your focus off yourself and you put it on the actual purpose, even bigger than them, the audience, it's the purpose of the audience, then all of a sudden the game just changes. Yeah, I could see how that would just mentally shift what you're doing because you're right. It's all about I'm thinking about me. I'm freaking out about me getting on stage in front of all these people. And you're saying, yes. how can I contribute to make their life better or easier? And as soon as you start to do that, you're like, oh, I could tell them this or I could share that. And then all of a sudden, I think I would feel more calm. So this is great before you jump on your Facebook Live or especially if you're not used to doing live streaming and things like that. I think this could be a great tool to just ask yourself that quick question. How can I contribute to them? Yes. And so even asking a question, I'll give you some good questions that your audience can use straight away. So Great. how can I, how can I contribute on a greater level? How can I serve my audience? What if there was nothing to prove, right? What if this was just a conversation I'm having with people? Because all great speakers is if you've ever sat under a great keynote or a great speaker, it feels like you're in their living room, just having a conversation. And it's like there's no one else in the room and they're just talking to you casually and they have you captivated. And so really it's just a big conversation. And even that reframe of seeing it as this is just a conversation rather than a speech or a presentation or a webinar. No, it's just, it's just a conversation that you're having with people. And mm -hmm. if you can have a physical conversation with someone like you, you've had many conversations, right? <laughs> we just have one, right? You can do it. And so all that is, is just having a conversation on a larger level. And it's in my mind, even when I'm doing a keynote to like 5,000 people, I, I literally am looking at someone in the audience and it's like, I'm saying, Hey, Jenny, do you remember that time when we talked about this? Like, that's how it feels when I'm talking. 
and obviously my energy is a little bit high, but I, I want it to feel like I'm just having a conversation over coffee with friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to conversation, like that word is so key because when I think of my best, like best times I've been on stage or best times I've done a Facebook live, it's when there's engagement and conversation coming back to me, right? From my audience. So I think that takes away the fear of, do they like it? Are they doing this? Because all of a sudden that becomes confirmation that, yeah, they're enjoying it. They're engaging they're They've got answers and questions. And so I think that word right there, you guys, if it's not a conversation, You've got to figure out how to make it a conversation. Yeah, I love that. And, and so, like, so that's the mindset and that will help your audience to give you more feedback. Mm-hmm. And what if they're not giving you any of that feedback? Like how do we still make it feel like let's go even that like when I think I'm like when I'm in a keynote, I'm not getting physical feedback. And do you know the funny thing is, I don't know, you, you would have absolutely noticed this. When you're speaking, like you're running your events, right? And you've got, you know, 50, 100, 200 people, 200 women in the audience. Their faces are really not a good representation of what they're experiencing. Like, okay, it's really bad. You're like, do you hate me? Do you not like this at oh, all? Yeah. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> they're yawning sometimes. I mean, you just never know. And then you've got the one girl who is nodding and you're like, I'm going to watch her because she yes. is. <laughs> you just hone in on her, right? It is so true because people are really bad at connecting their experience to their face. Yeah. And, and so, and, and if you haven't been in front of an audience, you, you probably don't know what that's like, but, and on a webinar, it's even kind of weirder sometimes because you're getting nothing. And so definitely that's why it's great having um, like planned spontaneity in there of questions. So planned questions times. And I even say things like this, I'll say, you know, so type yes into the webinar panel if this is making sense to you right now. And then you get like a whole bunch of yeses and you're like, okay, this is making sense. Right. And so in my head, I'm always just thinking like they're just literally sitting there and they're just listening, but I want it to feel like it's just having a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing too because especially if we're talking live streaming and webinars and all of that, I should say live streaming specifically, you're going to get you know, the algorithm to pick it up when people are typing in yes. So that's such a great thing that Colin just said. How can we get them to make a very quick and easy, not like, tell me your top three goals right now and assume they're going to type that in, but no, they can type in a yes or a one or an emoji. So I think really trying to pry that out of them is going to help you gain that confidence too, to say, okay, they're loving this right now. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Okay. So sorry, I feel like I got a little sidetracked there. Um, anything else that we need to be thinking about to get that conversation going, to keep that engagement, anything else you do to have those questions come up? Like what's an example of that question when you're speaking on stage? Yeah. So for me, when I'm actually speaking on a physical live stage, one of, one of my principles is, is that I demand rapport. And so mm-hmm. what I mean by that, rapport is a very kind of soft feeling it's like you you gradually get in rapport but for me i demand rapport and so what i mean by that and it's not like aggressive it's it's like when i get on stage i will i will get up there and i'll say hello and like people no one says anything right because everyone's freaking out no and there's always like one weird person who says hello like really loud and then everyone like, i feel like that would be you in the audience yeah, yeah probably <laughs> Totally. That would be, if you're in an audience, I know what it's like to be on stage. <laughs> and right, right. It's like, and so I'll say hello and no one says anything. And one of the laws of speaking on a stage is that you always have to ask twice to get mm-hmm. an audience response. The first time is the test. 
The second time is the real time. And so I will say, hello. And on the second time, everyone, the whole audience says hello back. But what I'm teaching them there is that I am demanding a response. I am dem- and I do it with a smile on my face and it's like jovial, et cetera. Like, you, you know, do it in your own personality style. But for me, it's like I'm teaching my audience right off the bat that it's not okay to not respond to me. And so that, that leads the whole way through to if I end up selling something or if I end up making an offer or even an opt-in, there is going to be a greater response if I'm teaching them that it's not okay to not respond. Oh, this is so good, Colin. So good. Okay. So you're teaching them, you're demanding the rapport, teaching them that they've got to give some sort of response. So you will, you're saying that this will help you increase sales because there, there is this like almost this feeling on their part of they need to respond to you. Absolutely. And you know, when it comes down to a sale or an offer, the, the, the goal of my presentation when I'm speaking and selling or I'm selling on a stage The goal of my presentation is to do a presentation that resonates with the audience, that builds goodwill and brings them to a place of decision. It brings them to a place of congruent and integrous decision that if this is the vehicle that would really meet their needs, then it, then it, it basically needs to be a yes for them. And if it doesn't, and and if it doesn't meet their needs, then it's a no. And that's totally fine. But really what I'm teaching them is that right off the bat, I, I want to get them to to say yes or get them to respond. And when it comes down to it, they have the ultimate decision, of course. But if I'm not teaching them that, if I'm letting them off the hook the whole time, even on a webinar, if I'm letting them off the hook the whole time and I'm not pushing them a little bit to engage or at least asking two or three times to type in the answer, then really I'm just teaching them that it's okay to just not respond and it comes down to the end. And there will be a, there will be a significant difference in the sales at the end if you teach them through the whole presentation that they don't need to respond. Okay. I love this. So now I want to ask you, because we're talking about selling here and I have a lot of clients that will say to me, but I, I don't want to sell or I feel weird if I sell because they're here for this great value. And now I'm all of a sudden kind of baiting and switching them and giving them this. So how do you, how can you sell your stuff without feeling like you're crossing the line or having your potential clients feel like you're crossing the line? Love that. So uh, there's two revelations that you need to have to do this well. The first revelation is realizing that speaking is selling. And so what I mean by that, even if you're in a corporate job, uh, have you, Stacey, did you work corporate before this or some sort of, or have you always no. been an entrepreneur? I've always, I've literally worked at McDonald's, Walgreens. I was a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> well, even as a, even as a bartender and you're working with people, if you've ever worked in like a corporation or anything like that, or even in your, your current business mm-hmm. is whenever you sit down and have a meeting with someone, you are actually in a sales conversation. Even if you're not selling something physically, you're actually selling an idea. And if they don't buy into the idea, then they're not going to take the action that, that you most desire. If you're working in corporate, you go to another, another um, area, another department. The goal of that meeting is to get the department on the right side and to find, a, I guess, a mutual, obviously a win-win, but there's this sense of, I'm here to sell you an idea. And if I don't do this well, then the department is just going to ignore it and start working with another department. I'm not going to get my project done. And so people think that a meeting is a meeting. A meeting isn't a meeting. A meeting is actually a, is, is selling. That's what a meeting is. 
And so everything is selling. Whenever I speak on a stage, whenever I'm on a webinar, whenever I'm, even if I'm not selling something physically or even having an opt-in, I'm actually selling my brand. I'm selling the philosophy of what it's like to work with me. The, I'm selling the desire of what type of life you can have if you learn these types of skills. And so this first revelation that you need to have is that speaking is selling. It's not teaching because even teaching is selling because you're trying to sell them or teach them in a way that they are sold on the idea. Does that make sense? Stace? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's the first revelation is you have to realize that speaking is selling. Facebook Live is selling. Mm -hmm. The second revelation that builds on from that is that selling is serving. So selling is the way that we actually serve people at, its, at the highest level. And obviously, there needs to be integris, integrity in your product and your service and all that sort of stuff. But I, I'm just going to assume that, right? And so selling is serving. Think about this, Dace. Um, I know we've done you know, similar masterminds together and, and, um, and you've probably done other programs. Think about someone in your life, Stacey, who has had like one of the biggest personal and deep impact on you and your business. Like, can you just think about someone in your mind right now? Well, you can say it out loud or not. It's, it's up to you. Like just, just anyone. Can you think of someone? Yeah. I'm just thinking of a past mentor. A past mentor, right? So you, so, and even your audience right now, think about a mentor who's had a big difference. Maybe you've read a book from them, you've done a program and they've had a really big impact on their life. Imagine that that mentor never told you about the programs, the books, the things that have, have quite literally transformed your life. Imagine they never told you about that. And imagine, you, because of that, imagine what would be missing in terms of the depth of who you are as a human being, in terms of maybe your business results, in terms of the, the experience, the quality of relationships in your life, the quality of your thinking, the quality of your emotions. Imagine what would be missing from your life if they didn't tell you about that. Yeah. And Sorry, you go. No, keep going. This is great. Yeah. And so, because I want you to feel on like a visceral level, what would be missing in your life? I think about mentors in my, I think about someone like a Jim Rowan who's passed away, but his books, his, his tape series that I've bought over the years, like he literally, I even think about Tony Robbins, like doing his programs. Like he has, yeah. he has fundamentally changed the way that I live my life. I would not be living in California like, mm -hmm. you know, running an amazing business if it wasn't for the events that I went to with Tony Robbins. And so um, if they didn't tell me about those things, I wouldn't have the transformation in my life. And it's the same for you. There are people in your audience who are the right people for you. And if you don't tell them about the programs and the offers and the things that would help them to go to their next level, they're going to finish their life. And there'll probably be something that they wouldn't have experienced in their life or maybe a level that they wouldn't have got to if it wasn't for your program and your program is part of their journey. And so for me, it is, I actually see it as being almost disrespectful to yeah. not ever make offers, to not ever share. These are the next steps. Now I work a lot with um, professional speakers and they say to me, uh, they'll go, Hey Colin, you know, but I'm, I'm there to just deliver a keynote, not to sell. And this is the mentality that I have because a lot of time, if, if I get booked for a presentation, I will go to the sponsor, to the decision maker, and I'll say to them, look, I'm going to come in. We're going to have a great time. I'm going to inspire your people. Like, you know, we'll have a laugh. We'll, you know, they'll walk away and they'll have a great experience. The problem is it's not going to transform their life. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm here to not just inspire your people, I'm here to transform their lives. Now, if you want to talk about a transformational journey, the next steps would be this type of program. Now, we can either have that as an offer on the, on the actual day and I can mention it and we can talk about how we can mention it or you, it could be something that you could pay for or maybe you could get your team to pay for. Uh, does that make sense? And so the, the thinking here is that I am not just here to, to inspire you. I am here to transform your life and the thing that's going to transform your life is the program, the immersion experience that you go through. Okay, this is so good because I agree with you. When I love somebody on a stage or their book, I'm kind of irritated when I can't go to the next step. I'm like, but wait, you haven't taught me how to do this part or I want to go to the next thing. And, and if you don't have that for me, it does make me go, oh, like I'm, I'm, I'm bummed. I'm, I'm like, oh, I want to do something else. So I think this is where we undervalue ourselves and we think, but I don't have something good enough or a value to share. But there's somebody looking at you going, I want to know what they're doing. Teach me what, how you're doing this specific thing. So this is so good. And I hope this is like a big eye opener for a lot of people listening right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I trust it. I trust it's valuable because I know for me, um, it's, it's like that, that thinking ch- has changed my life because I never used to do official sales on stage. Like I would always just to kind of, I would do the speech or the presentation, but I wouldn't actually do any sort of next step offers. And when I had the revelation that if I don't make an offer on some of my presentations, then I'm actually hanging people out to dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, not, I'm actually disrespecting their journey if they want to go deeper with me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So the one, the story always pops up because this is the only happened one time. I went to this like amazing event with Darren Hardy. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, Okay. So it was a really great event. There was like 25 seven figure entrepreneurs in the room. It was a $10,000 event. It blew my mind. It was phenomenal. I would have pulled out my credit card and paid for anything that that man sold me at the end of the day. And he had nothing to sell, like nothing. I'm like, what? Like, what? I just had the, like the most transformational weekend. I want to go further and you've got nothing to sell me with the same event six months later. I'm like, no, 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 this is crazy. So just so you guys see, now Darren does have things where you can go back and do more, but I never went back because I, I'm like not in that moment anymore. I was yeah. like disappointed in the moment. Now they've got something, but I kind of like moved on or found other people that have provided services. I still love Dare, nothing bad about him, but it was just in the moment I was like, oh, I was so disappointed. So this is so great that you're bringing this up because I've felt it and I know other people will feel this way too if this yeah. happens to them. Yeah, because selling is serving. It serves it. And, it, and it's, always, it's always with integrity because it's like, you know, you're, you know, if you do it in a way where you've presented your product, your ideas and, all, and your offer, in an integrous way of what it's about, they get to make the decision of if they move forward, they can, if they don't, they don't. And so it just, it just, it just gives people the next step if it makes sense for them. Yeah, no, this is so good. Okay. So believing that, is there any other part to this or are we good now that you're saying believe that serving or that selling truly is serving and that'll help you all of a sudden say, okay, it's time to really sit here and share with people the next steps. Is there any other part of that or is this pretty much it? No, that's, that's the core premise. And okay. I'd even recommend your listeners, like if they have a problem with this or they want to work through it, write it on a piece of, on a sticky note and just put it up like somewhere where they can see it regularly. Because um, I know my students do that. And that just reminds them on a daily basis that, that selling is serving. It's not because we associate selling is sleazy. Selling is pushy. Selling is the car salesman. Like, and, and I've had experiences of that, right? 
But, but at, at the core integrous level, no, selling is actually serving. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I've had the privilege of hearing you speak. You actually came to our Propel Coaching Retreat in Newport. When was that? I don't yes. even know. That November? Last year. Yeah. I rode yes. my bike down there. I know. Yes. Yeah, so I was right in your neighborhood. So it was perfect. So I've heard you speak and you are a very, very good storyteller. Can you talk about how you can tell these amazing stories and almost be selling in the story without even bringing up your product? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So what I love about stories is that stories go past the conscious mind and they go into the unconscious mind. It's like we were just born to hear stories. Like last night I was sitting with my kids, uh, Jonah and Georgia, and they're sitting on the right and left side of me and I'm reading a fairy tale to them and they're just captivated. And so we're like, we're just designed to hear stories. Like if I say once upon a time, there was a, and then like all of it, you almost, your brain just goes, okay, my brain's turning off. Now I'm just going to listen. Yep. And so we're designed to hear stories. So we love stories. Now the first rule of telling a story is ne never tell the audience that you're going to tell them the story because as an adult, we think we're like too grown up to hear stories. So if mm -hmm. someone says, let me tell you a story, we go, oh my gosh, I don't want to hear another story. It's going to waste my time. So you just go straight into the story. So it was, it was the 14th of January, 2012, and I was standing on the edge of this cliff. And so you just go straight into your story, right? And so... Mm -hmm. Um, when, when we tell stories, there are three elements that, that really drive a story uh, and keep, keep an audience captivated. The first element is that it needs to be vulnerable. So there needs to be this sense of vulnerability. In other words, it's like you get to look into me as a person. So I'm not this like, you know, uh, this incredible overcomer who just gets everything right. If you were someone who just, you know, it's like I've had nothing wrong with my life. Everything's perfect the whole time. And I've just had this privileged upbringing. It's like people are like, okay, stuff you. Like no one cares. And so you want to find a moment where you were vulnerable, where, you were, where it was difficult. And as you tell your story, you want to tell your inner dialogue, the things that was happening, what you were telling yourself, what you were feeling. So you share some vulnerability. The second element is you want to have some challenge or some tension in the story. So a, a, a really good story is I think about, I would ask yourself, what were the most challenging moments in your life? And, and if you could just list, like, what are the most challenging moments in your life and just write a quick list, like it might have been the experience that you had at school, it might have been a breakup that you had, it might have been a business um, challenge that you had, it might have been a, a work challenge that you had. And so if you can find those most challenging moments in your life, they will usually be the start of a good story. And the third element is there needs to be victory in the story. Because if you're being vulnerable and you're sharing a challenge without victory, it's just like therapy on stage. You, you end up being this person who's oversharing and people are like, yeah. okay, wow, I don't want to be anywhere near that person. <laughs> and I've actually experienced that before where you're like, wait, is she not going to say anything positive at the end? Yeah. At the end of the story, is this, are we stopping here? It feels like that movie when you're going, no, this isn't how it's supposed to end. You're supposed <laughs> to, right? Nobody so wants true. That. Yeah, especially when this person's real and you're going, wow, this is, this is bad. This is not good. <laughs> yes. And yes. And so uh, when you have those three elements, there's tension in like there's a challenge, there's victory and you share it in a vulnerable way. People are intrigued, they're inspired and they even look inside themselves. They get introspective within themselves and they ask themselves, how have I been on that journey myself? And so even when at the start of our podcast, just before, when I was telling my story of you know, being in a, you know, a, a Catholic boys' school, sitting there reading, reading the Bible, and I had this like visceral, terrible emotion where I was stuttering. 
your audience, I bet, were thinking about an experience that they've had in their past with public speaking with where it freaked them out and whether that experience is still impacting them on an unconscious or conscious level now. Mm-hmm. And so what we learn from story is that people actually don't listen to your story. They listen to their story. And so they find a, a, uh, a point of reference that connects with your story uh, that related to their story. And so that's the other reason why stories so powerful and why stories sell so effectively is because they're actually not listening to your story. And so don't even worry about whether my story is exciting or, or you know, incredible. Just, just tell your story. Make sure there's some challenges, some overcoming. You tell it in a vulnerable way and people will lean in. They'll be intrigued and they'll actually hear their own story. Now, what's powerful and what people need to understand is that when you're, when you're telling a story and it's like a, a, a signature story, uh, like there's, a, there's actually, a, and I can, I can share where they can kind of get a template for this as well. Um, there's like a signature story. You want to think about what is the core vehicle that I'm trying to sell here and how can I tell a story that basically helps my audience to take on the belief that this, that this vehicle could be right for them. This vehicle, if I'm in that similar situation or experiencing those things, this vehicle is going to be the right decision for me to move forward. And so that's where signature stories comes in. And that's when you, you're telling a story that relates to the vehicle that you're selling, or it might be a slight, slight metaphor of it, but it basically it creates the same decision moment in you, uh, in them. Mm, so good. Well, and you know, it's so funny. I'm going to totally call myself out here. But when you were talking about the Catholic thing, I thought, oh, I didn't know that about you. I also went to a Lutheran school. That's how I grew up. And literally that my brain immediately went there, like yeah. tying that connection. So yeah, like that is so crazy. Like when you said, I thought, really, did I do that? I'm like, yep, I totally did that. Oh, come on, Stacey. Um, you weren't so even listening I'm sorry. to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm all friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely focused now. I promise. No, no, um, but that's exactly what happens because you go yes. unconscious. Yeah, and, and I exactly made that connection of oh, I resonate with you even more now. You know, it's like it all of a sudden I put us on like a closer level, which is which you want to do that with your audience. So so good. Oh my goodness, so good. Yes. Okay, all right. So Colin, you where can they find that template? Did you already say that? Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, if you go to Colin Boyd, C O L I N dot co forward slash story um yeah i just thought about it i have a uh, a template there that they can download if they want to create their own signature story and there's like a step-by-step method for creating that so yeah uh okay. yeah colinboy.co forward slash story where are your favorite places to hang out online that they should be checking out uh i mean obviously you can check out the, the website like colinboy.co uh we also we run a fa- like a free facebook group called um e- the expert edge uh, and that's where I post content and stuff like that. Or, or on, on, on my page, um, I do regular kind of weekly videos just teaching people how to speak and sell at the same time. Amazing. So before we go, one last piece of advice for somebody who is maybe thinking about starting to do this, um, whether it's speaking on stages or speaking on webinars, wherever, um, what is just something, maybe a mistake that people typically make that you want to make sure my audience hears and wants to kind of overcome and, and head in the right direction? Hmm. Uh, I think one of the biggest things is that we don't make enough offers. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the reasons why businesses fail is because they don't have enough offers. And so uh, uh, my American audience here, offer, 
is an offer. I'm saying offer. <laughs> That's my Australian accent. An offer. Uh, we don't make enough. And so uh, I, would, I would really encourage you to, uh, to practice making the offer and realizing that when you make the offer, um, because one of the biggest mistakes that people make is that they think the selling happens at the end. And so they go from teaching and they teach all this really like helpful how-to content and then they go into the sell and all of a sudden people are like, hang on, what on earth is happening here? Mm-hmm. And so the mistake is that people sell at the end where if you take on this new philosophy of that speaking is selling and that selling is serving, the whole thing is a sell. And so when you get to that place, not only when you get to the actual offer bit, and I get that there's, there is actu- there's a, like a literal offer at the end, but when you get there, people make the link of, yeah, right, this makes sense. It, they've kind of been referring to this or mentioning this the whole way through. And so um, seeding things through, as you go, like mentioning case studies of your students is a really fantastic, that's probably one of the best ways to seed is, is going through an actual case study and drawing out some really valuable principles from it. Um, mentioning your programs as you speak and as you as you kind of going through it, um, yeah. And so and and even just thinking about what are the uh, what are the misbeliefs that people have about my vehicle and addressing those on the way through. And so, uh, like like for example, in 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 our program, like the Self from Stage Academy, the misbelief is that speaking is teaching. So I have to teach them that speaking is actually selling. And when they learn that, they realize, wow, on every stage, when I'm selling on stage, I'm always selling. And then once they believe that belief, the offer actually makes sense to join Self from Stage Academy. So does that make sense? Yeah, because it's exactly right. We're taught, okay, you've got to teach for 45 minutes and then the last 15 minutes you're going to sell. And then we're trying to connect, like bridge the gap. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Or that's when people say like, oh, now she's just trying to sell me, right? All of a sudden it's like your mind just shuts down because the teaching, the, the good stuff's over. Now she's just doing the offer. And that's why you see people on webinars have this huge drop off when you go to pitch and, and sell at the end. So when yeah. you said speaking is selling, all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's the whole presentation. Now, all of a sudden, the format, the layout feels a lot different. And that makes so much sense. So I, I love that. That was such a great piece of advice here at the end. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, Colin, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming back and sharing with my audience. And you guys, if you haven't yet listened to Sarah's episode, go check her out. I'm going to have all those links that I mentioned in the show notes for you. Um, but Colin, again, thank you so much. You guys go check out Colin Boyd. Go find him on Instagram and his Facebook group. Um, he's got lots of good stuff to share. And if you are really looking at becoming a professional speaker, you are going to want to check out his programs too. So Colin, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Stace. Hey, it's always a privilege having, having a chat with you. I uh, appreciate it. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of She's Building Her Empire. Be sure to join the free Facebook community at she'sbuildingherempire.club. For more free content, videos, and rock-solid business advice to build your purposeful business and take it to the next level, please visit she'sbuildingherempire.com. We look forward to helping you build your empire, create an everlasting impact, and live the life of your dreams. Until next time.